If you'd like, you could pull this out. And uh, we're going to work through this rather quickly. Fear is... is uh, last week, we kind of looked at the area of the fear of death. And uh, we looked at how God is the only one who can deliver us from our fears. He's the only one. We look all over the place. We look to ourselves. We look to others. But God Himself is the only one who can help us deal with the fear of death. Fear of death is such a scary... It's, it's probably the, the, the pinnacle fear that we deal with. Where will I go when I die? What happens to my loved ones when they die? Dealing with that whole issue is a scary, sobering issue. And as we looked at last week, if you... If you if you can understand how to deal with the fear of death, that helps us with all the other fears that come up in life. Another thing, though, is, and you see this at the top of your outline, fear is a normal response to danger and potential loss. That's what we do. Sometimes when we are afraid we're going to you know, lose something, uh, we, we turn to fear. We pull back in fear. Um, we're maybe afraid of something, of losing something we already have. Like maybe we're in a relationship we're afraid, man, what if I lose this? What if I lose the heart of my loved one? Or what if, I, what if I lose this job that I have? We have these fears of what if I screw up enough that they fire me? Or what if I, you know, mess up this friendship and then I no longer have it? We have that as a normal part of, of our life. But fear pops up. I think my fears are tied to my family. Uh, my fears are often tied to the church as well. Like, what if this whole church just falls apart? You know, and if I allowed that fear to creep in and settle in my heart, it would paralyze me from taking steps of faith as a leader and as as a church for all of us. Or, or maybe we're afraid we're not going to get something we really want, and so we don't even take the step. We don't step forward to meet the challenge. Maybe we're afraid of, you know, we're not going to get a promotion. We're not going to get a spot on the team. Maybe we're praying for someone who's, <coughs> excuse me, who's far from God, and we want them to come close to Christ and. We're afraid that they're never going to do that, or we might mess it up if we share the wrong things. Um, as parents, you know, we have dreams for our kids, and what if they don't turn out the way that we hoped that they would? What if they, you know, they're 18, 19, they go away, and they just do their own thing? So we have all of these fears, and if we blow it in some area, we're afraid that we're going to be embarrassed, we're afraid that we're going to lose our reputation, that people are going to, you know, that we will damage ourselves to the point of uh, we won't want to show our face around anymore here's another thing about fear the fear of failure is amplified it's just amplified it ramped up by the wrong values and if you want to put a little note there it's really the values of the world is what i'm referring to jesus said this to a group of really self-righteous religious leaders he said this said to them you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men that's luke 16:15. There's a group of people and he's saying, look, you're concerned greatly about what others think. You're doing everything for show. You're trying to live for the world and for praise of man. But God knows your hearts, he says. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. Look at that verse. What is highly valued by men? (coughs) Sorry, I should have warned you for that one. What is, what is highly valued by our society? You know, we often find out what's valued by others and we set out to get it in life. In America, the following things are kind of on the high list of what's highly valued. Education, that's a high value for the world, for America, for us as Westerners. 
You know, it's the way to get the career that I want. So we put education at the top of our list and we highly value that area. And the big question is, what, what if I can't make the grade? Thanks, Chris. The big question, what if I don't make the grade? You know, what if I totally just, you know, I work real hard and I fail at this whole thing? Sexual potential. That's another thing at the, at the top of the list of what's highly valued in our, in our country, in our world. Just being admired, the way we look. And the big question, what if nobody wants me? Or what if over time my beauty fades? You know, what if the way that I look just... We all know we're getting older and, you know, it's just harder and harder to you know, stay in shape. Hair starts falling out. You know, just you get tired. You get, you know, it's, metabolism slows down. There's all of these things. And so this high value, and if that drives our life, we could be constantly living with this fear of failure. Just going after this, the way that I look. Work potential is another thing. Like, just what if I go unnoticed? What if I... Work, work, work. Try as hard as I want, and I never advance in life. You know, I'm a. Fr- we so we go after these different things, the things that the world values. And when we can't get them, we just really feel rotten. We have failed. But we find out in Scripture this: that verse goes on. You know, what the world values is detestable to God. That word "detestable" means disgusting. It means it is abomination. It makes God. Not, he's not all jazzed about the things that the world's jazzed about. It actually makes him kind of sick to his stomach. He's, he's saying this is, this is rotten to him. It's not, this things, it's not that those things don't matter, but when those things be number one in our lives, it really is it's detestable to him. He's not impressed with the, world, with the world's values. But the things that God values are eternal. They, there are some things that God values that do not fade. And a key to dealing with fear the feel of failure especially, is to wrap your heart and your life around what God values. To tie and anchor yourself to what God really values. His word and people is what He values. And when we're living for things that, are, that, are, that the world really values, that are out of our control, it puts us on a real, real shaky ground. Because we're competing with all sorts of people. We're competing with what other people have and what other people praise. And so we're never really stable. We're constantly living in fear. So God helps us with this whole area. Here's how he does it. How to deal with the fear fear of failure. First, refuse to fear men. Just decide, I am not going to live for for the praise of man, for the praise of people around me. I'm going to refuse to fear man. Proverbs 29, 25 simply says that. The fear of man, basically, when you're afraid of what others think about you, that's what the fear of man is. You're afraid, you're trying to impress, so you're afraid of what others think of you. The fear of men will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. If you're living to impress others, you're living your life to be impressive around others, you're actually setting a trap for yourself that will catch you. It's a snare. If you fear man, you're actually not, you're at man's mercy, you know? You're, you're not at God's mercy, you're at man's mercy, depending on, you know, people are fickle, aren't we? We're fickle. We're real arbitrary. And so what we get excited about, if we're living for the praise of man, man, our emotions are just up and down, up and down. So the Scripture says here, so trust in the Lord. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Trying to live for the approval of others is like, your life is like this kite that's just flying around. It's just in the wind. Our emotions just pull us all over the place. 
But those who trust in the Lord, it's really like it's one who's anchored to something that's firm and established. It's through our faith in Him. So <clears throat> the first thing is just refusing to fear other men, other people, trying to impress others. Refuse to do that and put your full trust in God. Secondly, <clears throat> secondly, adopt God's values in faith. <clears throat> um, remember, His values are so much more different than the world's values. They're just very, very different. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through 18. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. <clears throat> we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, our bodies are wasting away. Paul's reminding us that our physical bodies are part of a world and part of a system that is breaking down. He says, So outwardly, we're breaking down, yet inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. God is doing something new inside those of us who follow Him and who've yielded our lives to Him. He's renewing us from the inside. So verse 18 says, We fix our eyes not on what is unseen. I'm sorry, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So decide to live for eternal things. Fix your eyes on things that really matter to God. Set your heart on things. People, the two things that that really will last is people, we're eternal. We have a soul, we will live forever. And God's Word is eternal as well. The Bible, God's words, what He has to say about how life really works. Those two things, people and God's words, will last forever. Those are the things to build our lives around. Isaiah 40, verse 8. You might want to jot that down. It says this, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the God, the word of the Lord, stands forever. God's word is eternal. And God's formula for success is being faithful to obey His word and to treat people right. That's, that's how we put things together in life. We're faithful to live out His Word, and we treat people what is right, in a way that's right towards them. Faithfulness is God's standard for success. The third thing to learn how to conquer the fear of failure is learn to rely on God's Spirit. Rather than trusting in ourselves, we looked last week about how one of the, one of the reactions or one of the ways that we try to, to deal with fear is we build a fortress in ourselves. And we never really admit that we're afraid of anything. We're just macho in life. And so we, we don't admit that anything threatens us. We don't admit when we're really afraid or when we're dealing with things. We just build a fortress. But this is what Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7. This is really how, a summary of how, how to handle fear. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, he said. But a spirit, he has, plant, he has given us a spirit inside of us of power, of, of love, and of self-discipline. <clears throat> power, God, through His Spirit, God grants us power. And that's really the gateway to living out the Christian life. To living out just life, period. God supplies the power through His Holy Spirit. And we ask for power through prayer. We express our faith in Him. We hit a situation where we don't know what to do. And we say, God, I don't know what to do here. And I'm asking you for the strength to move forward. And to, Would you grant me your power to, to live in a way that's pleasing you? In this moment, help me not to give in to fear. I'm trusting, putting my faith in you. We, we call upon his power as we pray. Secondly, he says, we have a spirit of love. You see that in the verse. Love is this outward focus. God's spirit motivates an outward focus in our lives. Um, rather than just looking to get our needs met, we rise up and we look to be a blessing to people around us. 
And this directs our thoughts and it directs our emotions if we'll choose to, to love faithfully the people around us. And then he says, his spirit produces this, we have a spirit of self-discipline inside of us. Self-discipline, this word is of a sound mind. The opposite of this is a mind that's just darting all over the place, racing from thing to thing, from emotion to emotion, giving into our fears, and God's not behind that. God's Spirit produces self-discipline. He produces a mind that is clear, that is focused on pleasing Him. It's, it's, we're not running all the possible scenarios that could go wrong in our life, but we're anchored to Him through His Holy Spirit. Over the past three years, I've thought many times, man, this church is probably going to unravel this next few months. And that, that's when I'm giving in to timidity. I'm giving in to fear, the fear of failure. And what I need to do is I need to meet that with the truth. I need to come back to God and say, Lord, this is how I feel. But you know what? You have done this work. You have brought these people around. You have, you have grown people. We've seen people in this church... Uh, makes some serious progress in their growth. And we've seen people walk through some very, very difficult times, and God has done that. So when I'm wrestling with fear, I have to come back and say, God, would you clear my mind up to what is really true in this situation, in these moments? Help me not to run all these wrong scenarios, but help me to lock on to what you've said is true. And as I do that, as we do that with the fears that come up, we, we can choose, we can really find success any day of the week, regardless of our emotions, regardless of how we feel. Look at the fourth thing, develop convictions. This is a huge step in moving past fear, is nailing down some convictions in life. That brings courage in our life. Major conviction is turning our lives to just yield and say, God, I want you to lead my life. Look at Luke 9, 23 through 25. Then he said to them all, if anyone, Jesus is calling people to himself, and he's, he's giving this charge. He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. This is what it takes to follow Christ. He must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Verse 24, for whoever wants to save his life, he will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self. When we commit our lives to Christ, we decide to stop living for ourselves. We decide to live for Him and to do His will. And we're actually dying to ourself. Our old self is being put to death. We're not living for me anymore. <clears throat> we all naturally live for me. We're all naturally stubbornly self-centered people. This is something that every single one of us has in our hearts and that we battle with all the time. But when we yield our lives to Christ and He moves in, now we're denying living for ourselves and we're turning and beginning to do life for Him. But convictions, nailing down some convictions in our life really helps us battle fear. Look at this. uh, We're going to watch this video clip about building convictions and how it instills courage This is from the movie Fireproof. You may have seen this movie. It's a guy who's, whose marriage is falling apart. He's a fireman. His, he's, I think he's a captain or something, or chief or something. And he, his marriage is falling apart. His wife has already filed for divorce. And there's all sorts of um, just 
things he's dealing with, and he's trying to hang on. And I want to I want to show you this clip. I think it will give some clarity to this area. temptation that he's facing. Day 23, watch out for parasites. A parasite is anything that latches onto you or your partner and sucks the life out of your marriage. They're usually in the form of addictions like gambling, drugs, or pornography. They promise pleasure but grow like a disease and consume more and more of your thoughts, time, and money. They steal away your loyalty and heart from those you love. Marriages rarely survive if parasites are present. If you love your wife... You must destroy any addiction that has your heart. If you don't, it will destroy you. Mr. Rudolph? Caleb? You doing okay today? No, not really. you talking to that guy he is weird um a conviction is a fixed or firm belief a fixed or firm belief see he was convinced that caving in continually in the area of pornography would do further damage to his marriage 
So he decided to put something to death in his life. He decided to nail something down, to have a conviction. Convictions are deeply rooted, established beliefs about specific areas in our life. There is a conviction that we hold if you've yielded your life to Christ that you, you've given your life to Him. That's a, that's a conviction, nailing down your relationship to Him. But then it flows over into specific areas of how we do life. Maybe it's a conviction, and I would say, think through, what are the convictions that I need to develop? Maybe it's a conviction about your purity. If you're single, what convictions do you hold related to your purity? If, you, if, you're, if you're single, think through that. What, do, what am I committed to, to remaining pure? Maybe it's about your marriage. The world would just say, walk away. Whenever it gets tough, just walk away. But have you nailed down your conviction on, the, on your marriage commitment? What does that mean to be committed in marriage? The Scripture is very clear about that area. So develop some convictions. Maybe the conviction is related to sharing your faith. Maybe you're really afraid that if you start sharing your faith, you're going to be judged, and so you, you just don't hold a conviction in the area of sharing your faith, telling others about Jesus Christ. I'd encourage you to nail down a conviction in some areas in your life. Ask God, what are the convictions that will help me not give in to fear? Help me to have faith in my life. Fear melts when you decide to live for, for God's purposes. Look at the last thing. Shift your focus to doing right in spite of the outcome. This helps tremendously with fear. Just continue to shift focus. God, help me to do what is right before you. Despite what happens, in spite of the outcome, Proverbs twenty four sixteen, great snippet of a verse, for though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. You see, failures and setbacks, they don't hold back a person who's intent on pleasing God. If you set your heart to do what's right before Him, then it doesn't matter how many times you fail. You keep getting back up and you keep pressing forward. You choose, you know what, I, God is faithful. He's not going to rip me off. I'm not going to cave into my fears here. The righteous man keeps getting back up, stays locked on and focused to doing what's right. The flip side is true. Whenever we're doing wrong or we're shrinking back from the right thing that we know we need to do, what we do is we just bring on the fear. We bring on the fear. The wicked are brought down by calamity. At a deep level, we're just kind of waiting. If we choose to give in to fear in the area of doing right, we're just kind of waiting for everything to fall apart in life. We we're convinced it's going to happen anyway, and so we keep giving in to fear. Look at Psalm 112 really quickly. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord means to take God seriously, to take Him at His word. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in His commands. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph over his foes. So decide what is right in the, in the areas of your life. Decide what is right, regardless of what the outcomes might be in your marriage, in your ministry, in your conflict, in the work situations, in the trouble you're facing. Decide what's right and choose to keep getting up and doing what pleases God. Leave the outcome with Him. That will melt away fear. What if I fail? Just ask this question and then we'll be done. Peter was a guy who was one of Jesus' closest followers, and he failed several times publicly. And he's a good example to me. He's a guy who failed a lot, and he kept getting back up, choosing to walk with God. Jesus said to him at one point, the end of Jesus' life, he says, Simon, his name was Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. This is one of Jesus' closest men, his followers. But I have prayed for you, 
Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he tells them, look, you're going to deny me before men. And Peter says, I'll go to the cross for you. I'll go with you. I'll die with you. And Jesus says, you're going to deny me before you know, the, ro- the rooster crows three times. You're going to deny that you even know me. And Peter, sure enough, does that. But he gets back up. He presses on. He, he continues. He, he failed. But so what? We're going to fail. There, we are all going to fail. And things will unravel at certain points. Regardless of the outcome, we need to choose to just get back up, set our heart to please Him again. Look at how He rebounds in His life. First Peter 5. This is later on in His life. This is the same guy, Peter, who had, who had taken his eyes off Christ at different points. Now he is... He had developed some convictions and he was encouraging others. He says, resist him, speaking of the devil, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. If you have failed in any area, you've really blown it, you've screwed up in some area, so what? The, the, the pages of Scripture are full of people who have failed. So what? When we fail, we need to ask God, would you restore me and help me to move forward again? God is faithful to restore us as we set our hearts to do what's right. Let, let's go to Him in prayer as the band comes forward. Father, we thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your goodness in Your life, Your faithfulness. Lord, You hold our lives together. You hold this church together, Lord. And Lord, we need to know You so much more than we do. Lord, I need to know You much more intimately than I already do. I need to know what You say about uh, specific, more specific areas about my life. And everyone here, God, we, just, we need to know You more closely. And Lord, we, we really desire to uh, make progress past the things that hold us back. Fear especially, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to give in to our fears. Help us to choose to set some convictions in our life. Help us to choose to uh, just keep trusting you, Lord, asking you to restore us and help us to be able to walk on with you moving forward even today, Lord. If there's some things that there are people here that are wrestling with, Lord, I pray that they would lay those at your feet this morning as we're singing. Lord, I pray that in prayer they would just silently just hand some things to you, some areas where maybe failure has happened and they just need to admit it and let it go and move forward, God. May this be a new start for many of us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, in just a moment, our ushers are going to be coming around and we'll be receiving our offering. If you would take out this connection card and uh, drop this card in the offering when it comes around. And uh, there are some next steps before the ushers come up. I want to tell you about these next steps. Specific things you might consider doing. First thing is, I'll identify the areas where I chose to fear man instead of God. Maybe that's a step you need to take. Just get a clear understanding so you can begin making changes. Another thing is uh, connect. It's fine. You guys can come up to the front, but don't take the offering yet. Let me walk through the rest of these next steps. You guys can just hang tight at the front with me for a second. Another thing is connect me to a leader at OCC. This is probably a scary next step to take, but connect me to a leader at OCC for help with establishing biblical life convictions. Maybe you just feel like, you know what? You don't, you've never developed some convictions, and you need to. And we have small group leaders. We have staff members that we'd love to connect you with who would be willing to have a talk with you and to look into God's Word and to help you nail down a conviction. Maybe it's related to your marriage. Maybe your finances. Maybe it's related to trouble you're facing. 
But I'd encourage you to uh, take that step if you if you'd like to, to have a conversation at some point with someone soon. The last thing is just a personal step is I'll ask God to restore me. Maybe you failed. Ask God to restore you and just, God, I want to begin moving towards what is what is right again. The ushers, you guys can go ahead and receive the offering. And uh, as we give back to God, this is a time for us. This is a part of our worship. I'd encourage you as you're giving is to just even offer a prayer to God. Just say, God, you know, this. we thank you for what you've done in our lives. Um, we're yours. This is really for, for, for me personally as I give. When I give, it's, it's really a time to, to just say, God, this is all yours. You may not have uh, come prepared to give today. That's totally fine. And uh, some people some people give online. We encourage you to do that if you'd like to do that. But one thing about uh, baptism I wanted to mention is we're doing this baptism next Sunday if there are people to baptize. And so if you're mulling on that area or that choice, uh, baptism is for those who've already decided to follow Christ. You've made a you've made a commitment. To, to follow Christ as Lord. Baptism is simply um, a, a celebration, a time to celebrate what has already happened in your life. And it's a symbol, when you go into the water, it's a symbol of your old life being done away with, being nailed to the cross in a sense. As you come up out of the water, it's a picture of the new life that God has done in you. And so if you're interested in being baptized or you just have questions about even nailing down what it means to have a relationship with Christ, I'm going to be right up here in the front for the next 15 minutes. And so I'd love to talk with you about how to nail something like that down or if you have questions about baptism. Cody's going to lead us really briefly in a song, and we're going to be dismissed.